0: Uh it's good to have you back. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the warm sounds of the Beer Engine Podcast with Griff and Tony.
1: Hey, what's up everyone? It's Griff. Back with another ep of the Beer Engine podcast. Uh, Everything operating normally as scheduled. No need to even talk about how any uh, there's been any gap or anything because everything's been totally fine and normal. And episodes have been coming out uh, just as you would expect them to. Uh, Last week's episode, I believe Tony, uh, we were doing some some uh, rating. You were doing some. I believe it was a very long game. We, we were doing a, a very long untrapped. That was that was awful fine. Remember it like yeah. it was yesterday.
0: Yeah, I, I have some short term memory issues. I've got to say, if it, if it was like three or four weeks ago, no problem remembering it. But seeing it was just last week, it's a bit cloudy mm-hmm. in my mind. But yeah, yeah I think I, I think there was a lot of lot of questions a lot of about things. to get me to get me out of that well. I think we had the well yeah. well stocked. Not well, t- pardon t- my pun. T- t- I meant to pun that one yeah.
1: up. Well, it well stocked. Good thing. You know, you've, you're, you're, you're rolling deep down there. Tony, we, uh, we are going to bring back a bit. Uh, this is, we are actually recording this at the normal time in the (laughs) normal week and we are bringing you back a bit from a long time ago because, um, if, if our listeners will recall many, um, many months ago, I attempted to purchase Mountain Dew Flamin' Hot from the internet and it sold out in about 30 seconds. Uh, Fucking uh, uh, stout, moxa stout <laughs> style, and um, uh, now uh, I have now it's turned out that I've been able to get a, uh, my hands on it, and uh, I'll tell you how easy it is to get your hands on. Now, I it was in the checkout aisle at the local Target superstore.
0: Okay, so you didn't have to go into the secondary market. This wasn't like a glass no. whale situation or a like secondary no beer market.
1: No bong cups. I did not get a special cup for it. Uh, Kelly Kelly just pointed it out in the cooler next to the checkout, and I said, oh, I should get that because I said many months ago that I would taste this product on the air. You did. And we are going to do this right off the bat because I want to get on to drinking normal beer, and I don't want to be thinking about this sitting in my future for the next hour and a half. So (laughs) we're going to crack this thing open, Mountain Dew Flaming Hot. It's got a blast of heat and citrus. Tony, this has 280 calories in this bottle. We will not be finishing it. And it has 73 grams of sugar. Um, the ingredients really don't look any different than the normal Mountain Dew ingredients, <laughs> which is interesting.
0: Of course. What were you <laughs> expecting? Corn it's
1: a- syrup. You got It's just natural flavor. All it is is the differences in the natural flavor. But everything else, the yellow 5, the red 40, um, the uh, yeah, it's all the same. Um, are all. Mm.
0: So, what size um, Flamin' Hot Cheetos that we got there?
1: This is a twenty ounce Flamin' Hot Mountain Dew. Okay, so similar
0: um, amount of sugar to a Coca Cola. So, just yeah, letting I think you it's know. just
1: about the same. Sixty five grams. Let's crack this open. All right, we got it. There it is. Ooh. Ooh. Doesn't smell. Smells mostly citrusy. It Smells mostly like normal. I citrus would hope man. so. The, this color is very odd, Tony. It is very.
0: I'm seeing it on the camera. It looks a fluorescent orange. Yeah,
1: kind of a fluorescent orange. That's right. Yeah. But Ooh, different. It to stings phantom. the nostrils. It does have a heat to it. Ooh.
0: Ooh. <laughs> okay. Mm. He's he's, he, he's doing the. Michael Jackson swirl. There's going to be no spit. He might need a second mouthful to get his head around yeah. this. He's really questioning his taste buds. I've never seen him struggle with the tasting like this before. This is, uh, this is really interesting.
1: I'll admit, it just tastes like Mountain Dew to me. It tastes like <laughs> Mountain Dew if it stung the back of your throat. So there is like that, um, like if you eat a fresh jalapeno, or yep. something that it just sort of sits in the back of your your throat. That's the really the only heat. Otherwise, it doesn't have it. I was actually kind of hoping it would have some sort of slight savory taste to it. This is the third a weird way.
0: Third mouthful. He's going back for not sip.
1: Hmm. <laughs> it's sweet. You know, it's that's the thing with this shit. Is it sweet soda? So, um, it's really not worth it. There's not much to it. There's just this like lingering spice, yep in in your throat. Otherwise, there's nothing really distinctly different about it. Fair enough. Than Mountain Dew. So real quick, Tony, I'm going to uh, uh, Kelly. Of course, wanted to try some of this, so I'm going to have her come and grab the bottle. <laughs> Excellent. Um,
0: Would love to hear. Her uh,
1: I think she's going to have the same thoughts as me. So yep. we uh, we're we're gonna move we're gonna move on.
0: Now, just before uh, we move off the soda train, have you tried any of the other <laughs> new derivatives of soda? I'm thinking specifically of one that's extremely popular in my poker circle, and that is uh, Coca-Cola Starlight. Have you? Had I
1: it? haven't. I have not had the Coca-Cola Starlight. I I rarely drink. Uh, I rarely drink sodas a, at all. So, yep. That that was a rare. That that's why it was kind of half addictive. I I I couldn't drink much more of it because. I'm like, oh, it's so sweet. Mm. You know, it's just your brain like resets to when you drank soda as a teenager. And I, I don't ever have it. I don't have even the zero sugar sugar soda. Yeah. I don't have any of it. So well, um, that, I, I really just I just pass on it.
0: It's just that the um, Coca-Cola Starlight has been divisive within our poker group. The Sorry for Your Luck crew are all over it. Big fans of it. Yeah. And then there's one individual. That makes sense. Let's 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 call this other individual Mophobes. He's, oh, is vehemently kind of a opposed coke, to it. So, a code
1: name, I see. Yeah, yeah.
0: I just wanted to uh, see which side of the um the force.
1: Oh, you I'm fell not on. surprised that I'm not surprised that sorry for your luck guys uh, like themselves some starlight. It's the sugariest <laughs> of all the cokes, I believe. And those guys, if I recall, love themselves some sugar big time. They are big time sugar drinkers. I, I think. I think their favorite cocktail was like pineapple juice and vodka, which is about the fucking sweetest <laughs> shit you could eat, you could drink. Yeah, but, you, know, you think soda's got a lot of sugar in it.
0: But I do like how um, one of the crew, Patch, actually pairs his uh, Starlight up. He often has a red wine going at the same time. He's got a Starlight going, which just blows my mind that you could you could have those two going together. Would be interesting to see. Maybe you can answer this. Do you know of any good beer cocktails involving Coca-Cola?
1: Beer cocktails with Coca-Cola?
0: That are just not suicides.
1: Um, I think there is a, um, I'm going to look this up while we're talking, but I think there is a Coke Rattler uh, situation somewhere that I I remember hearing about. Uh, I'm going to look that up while we're talking, but I, I don't know See, I don't know how to...
0: I do think you could do it with, like, a... You could do a Coke and a brown ale or a Coke and even, like, a sweet there, stout, I think. There are,
1: work. yeah. German, Germans are drinking beer with Coke. This is from BuzzFeed. I think this is from the... Uh, what was that fellow's name? Benny... Uh, uh, this is from that Benny guy. Benny Johnson, that guy's era of BuzzFeed, I think. Um last night being new in Berlin and being British, I decided to go bar hopping. First thing I noticed was that people were smoking inside, whatever, Germans. Um people were drinking beer mixed with coke, which I had never seen before anywhere. I asked the barman what was going on. I wouldn't drink it myself. They call it um they wouldn't drink it myself, but that's what everyone asks for here. They call it diesel. Now there's the Spanish thing of mixing red wine with coke. That I remember. And I know Silly. there's Shandy or Radler with lemon, yep. lemon soda. I love myself for Radler.
0: I've got the place. In there. Um,
1: but yeah, this is cola beer. Yeah, this uh, this exists, and yep. this BuzzFeed article supposedly. So, I guess I, I don't I wouldn't do it, but um, I I like the taste of cola. I uh, we actually you know went through the duty free. And uh, in Helsinki and I picked up uh, – we picked up a big bag of gummies because uh, I like the cola taste, the cola gummies. I think the cola <laughs> gummies are, are, are pretty good.
0: Really? I think the cola uh, gummies are trash. It tastes uh, well. Because uh, I need well. that carbonic bite. Like cola gummies to me just come across – even sweeter than cola itself and
1: no they are it's a candy i mean yeah and i i i loved cola slurpees so it was the other thing i like the coke slurpee was a classic of mine you know what a slurpee is tony
0: i'm familiar with the slurpee we have them at 7-eleven
1: okay you also have them at 7-eleven okay that
0: makes sense we have a shit ton of Uh, 7-elevens so yes
1: they, You know who else does? Denmark, a shit ton of 7-Elevens. It's crazy.
0: I think most places um, in the world have 7-Elevens. It's sort of the one convenient yeah. brand that, that is everywhere.
1: Mm. You can get... uh Krispy Kreme donuts you get, there. You can get cardamom buns at the ones in Sweden. I know oh, that. We can't um, get cardamom buns. Uh, Tony, uh, that Mountain Dew, uh, Kelly says that was not good. That is the review from her. Uh, I think there just wasn't much to it. It's just a little weird spicy taste. Um, but
0: Now, uh, not so to it, discredit
1: I give, it you, a, I give it a C- minus C- for just not being interesting.
0: <laughs> I, I tend to trust Kelly more on this particular style of beverage. Now, on Roush Beers, I trust you 100%. And I mm-hmm. don't trust Kelly at all. But she didn't steer me wrong with um, flavoured vodkas. I think this is right up her alley. She knows what she's talking about. If she says it's trash, it's trash. So I will be I think giving... I it's
1: pretty much trash.
0: Yeah, it, it's, it didn't go far enough into like gimmick territory to be worthwhile. It's not truly yeah. bad. It just sounds like it's forgettable.
1: It was forgettable, and it had a weird, spicy aftertaste. That if if you drank the whole thing, I think you would have heart miserable heartburn. Would be my expectation.
0: Fair enough.
1: Yeah. All right, Tony. Let's talk basketball. It's been a couple of weeks. Oh, uh, uh, it? I did win a. It's been good. I I did win a bunch of money on it um, between New Orleans and Chicago playing <laughs> FanDuel. I hit a I hit like a five five part parlay parlay in the. Um, In one of the Bucks games, uh, which was like, oh, Giannis scores 20 and whoever scores 15 and so on and so forth. And uh, that that paid like 10 to 1. So I think I won 220 bucks on that one.
0: Nice work.
1: Uh, Had a couple in there. So I think in New Orleans, I, I put in 50 and walked away with 330. And then in Chicago, I put in 50 and I walked away with like 75 or 100. So pretty good FanDuel experience. No FanDuel here in Vegas, but I could do it over there. Uh, but it's been fun to watch. I enjoyed the Boston-Milwaukee. I enjoyed the Dallas-Phoenix. Both were both were interesting when I could see them. I missed the end of both series being in overseas. But,
0: but we were talking about um, the trade that happened in the East earlier in the year because it involved um, Ben Simmons, James Harden. Um, right. I think what I said to you came true without Ben Simmons actually hitting the court. It fundamentally... Yeah fundamentally didn't change either team and fix any of their problems. In fact, I think it showed that Philly have huge structural problems with their depth and their team construction um, because what was Simmons' problem? Not shooting the ball. What did Harden do? He didn't shoot the ball when it came down to the crunch.
1: Yeah, I think both those teams, I think we were both right in that both those teams weren't that good. Yeah. Um,
0: it didn't fundamentally and, uh, change they, who they were. They really played.
1: just ended up both of them not being very good.
0: But what I will <laughs> I mean, say
1: either is- of them were going to go far and they didn't, and that was it, no, no. no matter what. So it was like a lot of money changing hands for no
0: point. But <laughs> if they can get Simmons right, he has the potential to be at least valuable. Harden's washed at this point. Mm-hmm. I know he's only yeah. 30, whatever he is. But he's one of these rare NBA players, perhaps like Simmons, who don't really love the game and therefore they'll be done by the time they're 35. They're going to put
1: him on the Lakers, you go to the Lakers. Yeah,
0: yeah it's not that their body gives up, it's just that they don't look after them in extreme detail like a LeBron, like a Tim Duncan um, where you can play for the length of time they did. That is extremely detailed, love of the game sort of stuff. And not every elite player is built that way. And I think I think Harden will be washed next year, yet he'll get close to a, a max deal out of Philly. And it could be another Al Horford situation. And I'm just rubbing my hands together. That organisation and supporter base is trash. And um, I'm just so happy that my team, the... You're of my course, team. The Oklahoma City Thunder have the number uh-huh. two pick in the draft and look like getting yeah. one of the uh, the tools to help out the tools that can actually shoot to help out my boy Josh Giddy and his sidekick Shay Gildress Alexander. They're going to be I'll exciting you know team to the, watch.
1: I'll let you know how they look in Summer League because it'll be pretty much the, the team. Yeah. We'll be here playing in summer league, so well we can see how they're doing.
0: I, I don't think they'll play either Giddy or Gildras Alexander. I, I
1: there's no oh, okay. need to I play Giddy. Either. No, I think Giddy will be here. I, they usually really? bring the second year guys. Oh yeah, I think he will be.
0: I, I don't think they will. I think they'll be looking to to protect
1: their their two Ssta G A won't be here, obviously, but yeah. the, whoever they pick, and yeah. I bet Giddy will be here too.
0: I, I I doubt that. I think they've got enough like bench rotation sort of six, seven man options where they need to sort through those guys first. They've only got two longs. Right. So
1: Well, I'll let you know how they look. Uh there's um uh I don't know what the bulls are gonna do. They have like the eighteenth pick or something, so whatever. But uh, doesn't be, matter. They've had some good luck with those long we've had good luck with those mid first round yeah. picks, so
0: if you're out of the top 5 in the NBA draft, does it really matter if you pick 30 or pick 16.
1: I know people Apparently get now wrapped got up Jimmy in that Jimmy Butler at 30, so. Yeah.
0: And, and it's not like it's not like it's a crapshoot, but it's not like it's a guaranteed thing even for the top 3. Look at the amount of players that have been picked in the top 3 that have bounced out of the league quick smart. Anthony Bennett perfect example in in Cleveland, but Jabari, um, that whole draft, Wiggins is the closest thing to a good player out of that draft. Um, Fultz. Yeah, Fultz. Again, but once you get outside that top five where I reckon top five, it's going to be a 50-50 shot. Outside of that top five, maybe it's a 10% shot. You're going to get a a player that's in star territory and another Another ten percent of those are going to be rotational players in the NBA, and then right. everybody else works their way in these days. It's just sort of the way it goes.
1: Put them in the G League. Sort what God sort them out. Um, <laughs> there's a I think that's that's what the guy at the top of the clock tower said. Uh, Tony, we had one one other. Um, we we had this big election. We had this election.
0: You didn't have a big election. Here. You had a
1: well, yeah, primary. primary election, but everybody was going nuts and, you know, everything signifies something else or whatever. And it's all depressing. Is it um, all depressing?
0: Favorite, I don't think it's all fa- depressing.
1: One, one of my favorite texts I got today, was like, "Boy, I'm a little concerned about the direction of the country or something. I'm like, yeah, you think? Um, but... Uh, uh unfortunately for us being uh and this was depressing to me because uh, oh. it's made up a, a quite a bit of content for us um our our friend Madison Cawthorn uh the the bionic man um who is uh uh, uh you know we know that uh, for the last year and a half or however long it's been he has been uh standing for democracy and um uh, uh not you know and standing for lots of other things and uh, standing for uh, standing for to pick something out of his plates out of the, out of the top shelf and uh, standing up for his uh, divorced wife. Uh, Actually, just kidding. He wasn't able to stand for any of those things because he got bust ass shit. (laughs) Anyways, he lost. um, uh, He lost to some fucking loser. I don't know. Right. It was some other loser that is going to suck ass, and and has functioning legs. So way more boring for me. Um,
0: I, I really don't think the issue has been his legs throughout this.
1: It has well, just then been, why can't he stand
0: up? <laughs> because he's what a gay human issue, being. Then? It's got nothing to do uh, – well, it does have something to do with his legs. But you look at his ineptness. Like, Matt Gates looks like a functioning person compared to Madison Cawthorn. He has been yeah, caught well, multiple times – um, doing um thirty miles over the speed limit. Um,
1: he has um brought <laughs> scandal we, on if the if l- Madison. Madison, you get Madison Cawthorn on a steep enough hill. Same shit might happen.
0: <laughs> um, <laughs> this guy is just inept, and like, just keep your mouth shut about the orgies. Like, we all know it's going on, but um, just keep your mouth shut. And, and that that did bring him undone. it's like.
1: Everybody. That's amazing that that was the thing that that brought him undone. I I can't I could not believe that. It feels like if Trump had said that, it would have been the greatest moment of his of his like of his, of his presidency. I mean, he would have he would have gotten the one thousand percent of the vote. Yeah, but, but for t- some reason, if you're this guy, it, it it telling telling the truth out, saying the quiet part loud was like his undoing.
0: Yeah, he, like Trump takes it to one hundred and ten. Madison Cawthorn takes it to like 150. This is a dude that was caught on camera h- humping his cousin in the face. It's just like, it's just a complete weirdo and a complete creep. Um, Donald Trump has like this, this tiny like gloss over him that, that sort of hides that from enough of the population that they can, they can brush over that. But Cawthorn, Madison Cawthorn, just so fucking creepy.
1: Yeah, he's a weirdo, yep. uh, but i will we'll always have the wife with the cops picture. That was always the that'll always be, I'll, yep. I'm, I might hang that up in my, in my, on the, in the studio here, the, the wife with the weird posture. I mean, not a bad looking lady or anything, but just like strange standing with like her shoulders sort of hunched and then the like line of cops next to her. Yeah. Um, right. <laughs> so, but, and then somebody put the Brazzers logo in the bottom right, which is fucking funny. But uh, very like, good.
0: If you're actually a good human being, regardless of wheelchair or not, you're going you kind to of pull. I think a good example of that is Dylan Alcott, who's a multiple yeah. gold medalist and was there a are, top ranked um, oh, para, uh, quadra yeah. because of the way he, he was paralyzed. I think he was a quad tennis player. Um,
1: it's amazing.
0: Yeah. Um, and he, because he is a great human being, Australian of the Year currently, um, top bloke, um, his girlfriend is amazing. You would say he's pulling out of his league, but he's got the personality where he can actually, you know, they're together for legitimate reasons, unlike Madison Cawthorn and his, his weird, weird girlfriend sure. or ex-wife or whatever she is.
1: It's his ex-wife, yeah.
0: Yeah. Now, speaking about elections... Australia, as you well know, is currently about to go into an election on Saturday. So we'll know the results by the time we next record. Um, Um, Yes. But I say the election Saturday, I have done the democratic thing. I have voted early and I'm not going to be part of the queues on election day. Now, I know um, you may find this weird but if you're an Australian citizen, so Nick Talk, not an Australian naturalised citizen, he yeah. holds dual passports, so he he's not roped into this, but I know PMAC is. If you're over the age of 18, um, you yeah. have you to have go compulsory. on the electoral rules. Yeah, and yeah. you have to vote. And I think the fine is now $150. Now, I say you have A to lot. vote. You have to go in and get your name ticked off the electoral roll. Now, for national and state elect, Elections, I do actually vote for a particular candidate and a particular party. But for local elections, which are also compulsory to vote in, I um, get my name ticked off the electoral roll, and then I fold up the ballot and I put it in the box, absolutely blank, because I'm not a ratepayer and. I don't know who I'm voting for. So I would rather vote for I, nobody than somebody who I don't know what their actual policies are yeah. going to be.
1: See, I do those. I'm more intense about those ones than I am the other ones, the local elections. I have a very hard, i, um, uh, not, not maybe not more intense, but it's, I have to do more research um, because I'm very afraid of putting on an even worse judge. Or something we have to like vote for judges and shit here.
0: See, that's not and how it like, works here. So,
1: fuck, I have to like, so I have to like vote to retain. I'm not going to vote to retain this judge that like is some horrible piece of dog shit. Um, Sheriff, part, like
0: Sheriff Joe yeah. in Arizona is used to be right elected. Um, yeah, those sort of positions don't actually, um, they're not up for election in Australia. We've got a local council which is depending on the council it can range from sort of six to to 12 members um and there are areas of sort of 70 to one hundred and fifty thousand people um and that's that's all we elect we don't elect sheriffs we don't elect judges we don't elect controllers so
1: yeah we, we have to do all that shit and it's a pain in the ass because you have to like sort who is who, because some, sometimes they are party affiliated. So one of the major parties or the third yeah. parties you can kind of track, but sometimes they're not. Um, so you're like, Oh, they're in the fucking Romeo, Romeoville, um, first party. And you're like, well, what, what the fuck is that? Yeah. I don't know. You know? <laughs> um, so you're whatever. You just sort of deal with it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we, we don't have, compo- I, don't, I could also just not go, but, I always feel like I have to go. I just I don't know. Because there's so many shitty people who go. There are. I don't know.
0: I I just wanna break down that we have we have two voting forms. We have the lower house and the upper house. In the lower house it's just the candidate sitting for your specific seat in your area. So I had six candidates and you have to number all the boxes one through six. That's how you it's have done. ranked choice. We have ranked choice.
1: Oh, see, that'd be clutch. I, I would kill for that um, here. That That's a big problem here.
0: Now, I'm not going to tell um, people who I voted for, not that it really fucking matters. Um, it was the Greens, but um, I will tell people and I will shout it from the rooftops who I put last, and that was the Palmy United Party. Um, they are the biggest grifters in the Australian Parliament. Bigger grifters than the One Nation Party. Um, Wow. And and you are familiar with the One Nation Party.
1: These, I know, yeah, and I've learned all about them.
0: These are right-wing widows. Palmer United, big anti-vaxxers. But in the Upper House, we have to label either 12 numbers below the line or six above the line. It's a – each state gets a number of members in the Upper House, regardless of population. Um, So our states get – a certain number, and then the territories get a different number. Kind of like your upper house where you get two from each um, state, regardless of population.
1: But That's cool. Yeah, we love that.
0: You have to label one through six of your choices above the line. And I really struggled to pick out six parties that I knew what they stood for and then um, whether I wanted to put those in the six because one of the six that I recognised was Palmer United, so I just left them out. Um, Chicken Party United. The, one was the uh, Liberal Democrats, also um, super right wing. Um, yeah, and they're, they were there,
1: they're the right wing, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Aren't you, but your Liberal Democrats are essentially Joe Biden, right? Isn't no, that pretty much no, what no, they no, are? No. Oh, no.
0: No. Um, our Labour Party, is, well, our Liberal Party is essentially Joe Biden. Our Labour Party. That's
1: like centre, yeah. Yeah.
0: They're, both parties are centre, but one's slightly centre right. Um, yeah. which is close to Biden, and one's a little bit more centre-left. And then we've got yeah. the Greens and, and whatever else. The breason Party, they were one of the, the ones that I – Yeah, I, I
1: vote – you know, I love the Greens. I, I'm hunting for Greens on the fucking school board to try to vote for and shit. So.
0: Yep. But the, the key thing is I didn't really hurt um, the nation's attempt to unseat Scott Morrison. I Because of the way my preferences will flow, there's yeah. still a good chance that he'll get unseated. Yeah, let's get
1: Scomo. Let's, let's get Scomo, Scomo, SOMO carked it. No, um, we don't want Scomo.
0: Let's get elbow in. Yeah. <laughs> we yeah, we yeah. name our two prime ministerial choices. So we've got Scomo Everyone, everyone's,
1: <laughs> and elbow. Yeah. Everyone sounds like a footy player. That's yeah. classic.
0: And and, um, and Scomo is the least looking um, like footy player you've ever seen. Actually, yeah. um, I'll see if I can find it for you. Scomo. Um, tripped up like a ten-year-old kid on the soccer pitch yesterday. I, and I was, saw that. No, no you I did. watched
1: that. That was on. Uh, that was on. C- they hit CNN. We got that one. Yeah, that was very funny. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Not much of a footy player, I gotta say. He didn't didn't have a great. No. His moves weren't looking too slick. Um, I, he's no. Uh, who is that famous? You a know, famous Australian? Tim Cahill. Tim Cahill's one of uh, one of excellent, many excellent player. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right, Tony. Uh, boy, the election—having to do elections again—everything. Uh, very, it's very depressing to me. I, uh, it's not. Things are not getting better, and here I think. Well, uh, it does feel like we are about to enter the potential for a eighteen to thirty-six month uh, protracted uh, fascist coup, potentially. Well, have you ever thought about later. sort of holding country. on for when that's going to happen. I, I, I actually was, a, I was thinking about cutting my passport into a little paper airplane while we were gone, but um, then I got tired, uh, so I just, <laughs> I did, <laughs> I just, I just didn't. Um, funny. I, I've been traveling for a couple weeks. Nah. That's been fun. I, it's been a while since I've been traveling. Um, had uh, I know folks here, I had talked about having to go to New Orleans. Uh, nothing that interesting happened in New Orleans. Any um, beignets? I didn't get beignets. I did go to a restaurant called Cochon, um, which was extremely good. It was a kind of a pork centric restaurant at a fried ham hock. It was very good. Um, but actually, the most notable thing that I think happened, I went to Courtyard, if anyone's looking for breweries, Courtyard Brewery, which is a great brewery, um, very small nano brewery that makes very good IPA and stout, so that was good. But uh, actually, the most notable thing that happened to me in New Orleans was I, um, I left late, or my plane left late, to, I had a layover in Austin, I drank three Sazeracs, there's a Sazerac bar in the airport. They have a brand new airport, pretty much, and there's a Sazerac bar in there, and it makes a kick-ass Sazerac. (laughs) So I had those, got on the plane, got to Austin, felt like with 20 minutes to spare, sat on the tarmac for 25 minutes, and missed my flight back to Las Vegas. Oh, no. Yeah, that sucked. I ran across the whole airport. plane was already gone. So I had to spend the night there in Austin, left on the next morning flight, which was fine, but... Uh, had a little surprise evening in the, in the, in the true hotel at Hilton, uh, in Austin near the airport, got some Wendy's nuggies, uh, nice. brought to me by my DoorDash man. And guess what else he brought to me? Uh, they let you deliver alcohol there. So he brought me a six pack of live Oak pills, which was cool. <laughs> Cause live Oak, live Oak is so awesome. Nice we love work. them. They make awesome beer. And then I got to the airport the next morning. My flight wasn't until noon, uh, so I they have they had Live Oak Hef on draft at the bar, and I so I drank I drank a Live Oak Hef before my flight left, which was cool. So that was okay. Um, but then I had a quick turnaround back to Chicago, um, hit some of my favorite spots there, saw some of our listeners, our friend Tyler, our friend uh, Kyle, and Tom. We uh, we chit chatted, had beers, and ate hot dogs, and. Um, that was nice, and then got on the plane and went to Copenhagen. Tony, yay! I went yay. to NBCC. It finally happened two years after we started this podcast, and I was about to go to it. <laughs> uh, I have finally gone, and it, and it was it was very nice. had a, had an excellent time. Beautiful city. Um, really, really, really went well. Um, yeah, it was it was lovely. Tony, would you like me to tell you some of my favorite things? I was just about
0: to ask that exact question. What were, let's start off rather than go through the beer favorite things. I'm sure knowing you, you would have sampled some local uh, cuisine. Was there anything on the food side <laughs> that really stood out to you um,
1: in yeah. your overseas so trip? We, splur- we splurged a little bit. We went and did one of the big Nordic style tasting menus. Um, no, we didn't go to Noma. I, I would have had to make those reservations like before I knew I was going on the trip. Um, but we went to a Moss. I don't know if anyone, if, if you've ever heard of this place, Tony, uh, if you ever wa- if you watched the show, somebody feed Phil on, yes. um, did you watch that show? Did you oh, watch when course. you went to Copenhagen? Of course. Well, he went to this, he went to this restaurant. Okay. Um, it was but- the restaurant where he, he, I think he ate fried chicken on that particular trip but he walks across like a little courtyard um, and the chef's name is Matt Orlando, who was formerly a chef at, um, at Noma. And uh, at this time, the restaurant has gone to like a, a a kind of um, uh, over the top sustainability approach. Um, Everything is like using every, all of the parts of everything and different vegetables and they're growing everything in their own gardens and herbs and all this stuff. So the highlight of the meal was these four courses in the middle that were about using an entire fish, every component of a fish. So I would say the real, I mean, so the the dish that had like the, it was like a pollock, it was like a teeny pollock filet with this like bright green, herby, buttery, herby, foamy sauce on it that was stupid good. Um, But my favorite dish that's a good example of what the meal was like was this like broth, it was sort of, uh, it was, it almost felt like a chicken noodle soup, but it was a seafood broth. Um, and the noodles were made out of the bones of the fish. Yep. So they had been like ground up and, and, and kind of grafted together with flour and normal stuff that you'd use to make a noodle and then cut. And you would never know, you would never know they were made out of fish bones. Um, they have a slight fishy taste to them, right? Which makes sense, especially if they've been soaking in fish broth. But um, they were amazing. So that was an amazing concept. Um, they had a chocolate chip cookie that used, they had fabricated chocolate without using cacao because cacao farming is so fucked. Um, so they've been trying to make chocolate bars without chocolate. <laughs> um, the chocolate chip cookie tasted awesome. It had, it tasted like chocolate. It was, it was crazy. So many other dishes. I'm not going to go through everything, but it was beautiful meal, beautiful restaurant nice setting a kind of a loft setting um chef was out there talking to us he's an american guy funny enough um so we were just uh it was it was a beautiful meal i left very full and uh very tired and uh <laughs> full of wine so that was a highlight another food highlight we went to the noma burger place i think it's pop pu- Pupple, popple pu-ple, pump pu-ple. I, I don't know the name uh, but
0: i i did know they had a burger place
1: it was great excellent Um, burgers like coated with like meat garum. So it has this insanely savory taste on it. Um, uh, there is this cool red onion, like yogurt salad. They top it with, um, that I like no lettuce and tomato, Tony, you'll be happy. Um, just like heavy onion, uh, some cheddar and a nice bun, uh, the fries were my highlight, actually, because you could tell the fries are brined or fermented in some way. So the, the fries have this very deep, salted, briny taste, and they're crispy as hell on the outside. Um, so really good. Yeah, they're, they're killer. <laughs> the fries are good. The dips are good. Um, it's very it's, – it's nice without being uh, pretentious. Um, so you, you could get, like, I weed a cocktail because I know they're making all their own bitters and vermouth and stuff. So I got a Negroni, which was delicious. Um, and, and our burger and fries was, was delicious. So really, really good. Um, yeah, those are, and, uh, you know, we get some other random food highlights. I, one of my favorites at the fest is the, one of the local hot dog places there, a place called John's hot dog deli, and they make house-made sausage and give you all the, the Nord, the Nordic toppings. So like the chili remoulade and the pickled onions and the fried onion strips and that, that shit's amazing. So, um, that always makes me happy. um, so, yeah, no, the food was great. Uh, probably a million other things I'm not thinking of that we <laughs> ate that I like. We had kebab and all that shit that I like when I'm over there. So, yep. it, was all it
0: was nice to hear the highlights. Now, let's get to the main event, the beer and the beer festival. Uh, were there any <laughs> beer highlights outside of, outside of the beer fest before we, we head there?
1: I have. I have – you know we're gonna save the fest for highlights for untrapped. I got those okay. for those are gonna be part of our untrapped game later. Uh, outside of the fest, you know my favorite place is uh, we've talked about it. It got me excited about beer again. A couple of these places to go back to to Bahon, Bahon. I can't say it right. It, <laughs> it says it looks like Baghaven, but it's um it's the if 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 you haven't been to Copenhagen in many years or you remember this on the other side of the canal there there is a big like. Um, lofted looking space, warehouse space that says Mickler on the side. Used to be nothing. Used to be like a barrel room or something, and now it's the it's the sour, it's the um, the the wild Danish wild ale, Danish farmhouse ale, brew, like like blending facility. And uh, those beers are just fucking stupid good, dude. Um, they're they're some of those are some of the best beers in the world, and. They don't have a line ever at the stupid fest. Mm-hmm. I think, I guess it's just because people are going to the place. But I'm always there getting the beers there and at the place because they're just so damn good. They're delicately fruited. And some of them are, anyways, and some of them aren't. They're just, you know, cool ship fermented or open fermented in oak. Um, they're just so killer. Um, uh, you know, mostly kind of close. Most of them, I would say, are closer to wild saison than they are to lambic yep. i don't know if you would like that i'm saying that but they're they're sort of delicately tart not punch you in the face tart um but i love them that way you know and some of them with the fruit you know i think he's got some that vary in tartness level that, that get a little higher but i think his unfruited stuff veers more towards um like a dang, like a farmhouse ale um and i think on the other side it's closer to maybe Fruit Atlantic is, is the farthest it goes, but it's just so nice to drink. And you yep. sit out on the patio with the picnic tables and look out over the water on a nice day, you know, who can beat that, you know?
0: Look, it just sounds to me like it, it's good gimmick free beer for the most part, which is kind of my jam at the moment. I love good gimmick. Don't get me wrong, but I've had a few beers recently that have been sort of gimmick central. And it's just like, yeah, um, just like, I don't need a sledgehammer every time I drink. Like yeah. like there's a reason why Saison DuPont is my favorite beer of all time because it's like yeah. it's complex, but at, at the end of the day, it's a good solid beer that I just want to drink by the pint.
1: Yeah. it's And, and you know, he serves it in those lambic tumblers that I love, the like etched um, yep. pattern tumblers that are so good to drink out of. Um What a great place. Uh, It's my, that's my favorite. That's why I'll always, that's one of the reasons I'll go back every year just because that's, they're every bit the, the stunner of, of a place. And I'd say above it, than somewhere like side project, as much as I enjoy side project and and places like that, this place is, is doing it up every level of that. Um, also enjoyed the microphone tap, 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 tap takeover. I went to the microphone thing, even though I've been to microphone a million times, I know, but, um, they did it with voodoo, um, so there was a fucking bonkers set of stouts on between those two breweries. Um, you know, Elijah Craig, black magic and all this stuff, um, uh, double barrel bean spirit. Uh, and it was just all there. There was a line there before the place opened. I was, I was happy for micro, for the microphone guys for being a little brewery. I used to go to on my way home from working in McHenry or whatever. Um, now they, Now they have a line outside the original Mickler bar on Victoria God. and You're like, shit, (laughs) you know, you've made it then, you know? Um, I, I, and and he barely said anything about it or he barely looked excited. I don't know if he was just hung over. Mike was there though. And I was like, bro, if I had a tap takeover at the fucking Mickler bar, I'd never (laughs) stop talking about it. I'd get like a, something plaque made up or something. If that ever happened, it's crazy. um, and the beers were delicious. Uh, you know, they serve them in those like 20 centiliter glasses, which is nice so you're not tearing your shit up. Um, the shitlords were amazing on this. I don't think I've talked about that. That was some yeah. of my some of my favorite stuff of the whole thing, the fest at these tap takeovers. The shitlording was out of control. It was it was so funny, dude. Um, guys were like <laughs> Guys brought spent their own cups to, like, split up the beers into, and they're putting fucking Post-it notes under each one, like this is this one, this is this one, this is this one. Um, oh, it that's, was awesome. That's killer. Oh, it was so good. And that's happening at the Fest, too. So these guys are, like, running in the door, snagging tables, getting their Post-its and their little notebooks set up, and it was fucking so good. Oh. I was like, boy, why have fun at this when you could – work it's amazing um there was a guy there was a guy at a table we couldn't stop both days we were there we were there for yellow on friday and red on saturday morning guy had his laptop out and his um like sheet of every beer that was at the fest out and he's highlighting and he's sipping and he's swirling and he's writing notes down uh i just don't i'm like what could this be for you know, it's I record a beer podcast. I'm always, I'm all, I know I'm already down bad, you know? Yep. But you cannot take this that seriously. No. You, bro, look at all this. This is great. Go, put, stand up, have yeah. some fun, you know? Yeah. I mean,
0: it's like, remember the Beer Hunter videos with Michael Jackson? Like when mm-hmm. he went to a pub, he enjoyed the beer. When he brought it home, he got analytical. Like, that is the top beer professor p- profession of all time. He was a professional, but when he was out drinking, he was out drinking to have fun. When he was at a beer fest, like, I'm sure he may have had a notepad, but he wouldn't have had a fucking spreadsheet. Like, there's no Dude. way that this industry needs to be taken this serious. And I – this – comes back to your initial hesitation when i came up with the idea for this show it's like we be, shouldn't be fucking analytical at the end of the day yes you should want to discuss it there's plenty to to discuss without getting into the minutiae of fucking right. post-it notes and spreadsheets and databases and all that kind of bullshit
1: you, you gotta think too at this microphone voodoo thing i mean there are seven eight Monster stouts. I mean, we yep. are talking heavy hitters, Black Magic, the the unfortunately named Hot Garbage, which is good, but it's just a terrible name. Um, there's the barrel, there's like Press Play Barrel Age. There's um, all these big, you know, sh- pretty sweet, but heavy, heavy, heavy barrel stuff from both of them. You know, even Microphone, who typically makes Sugar Stout, they brought their big barrel heavy hitters to stand up to those. I don't care what palate you have. I've always talked about my shit baby palate. You drink four of those four in a row, good luck. You're not going to do anything with that. You know, it's not going to – the last one is going to taste like fucking water. You know, it just doesn't matter.
0: But this comes back to how you fucking taste. Nobody that's worth their salt in tasting would taste them back to back because Mm -hmm. they would know – what happens to their palate? Yes, you are not going to get a comparison, but you're never going to get a comparison. Judge it on its own fucking merits right. in that right. moment. That's the only way you can judge them. Yes, taste memory is not good, but that's the only option you've got because I don't care what sort of super tasty you are, there's no way that your palate can notice those subtleties. It's it's To me, it's kind of like people that, think they know the difference between Bud Light and Cause Light. There you can think you know the difference, but blind you know. taste test them, absolutely no chance of telling them apart. And that's yeah. the same with this. I'm yeah. not to say they taste the same. I'm just saying it's very hard to get all the subtlety out back to back. There's there's just right. no way you, your tongue can handle it. And your brain I mean, can handle the-
1: computing it. Even at the fest, I was trying to like alternate just because my pat my tongue would get tired and I'd feel bad. I'm like, all oh I gotta go get a sour or, or yeah. something lighter, saison or something or whatever, you know, because there were so many heavy stouts. Yep, at well, all this stuff, which is great because you want to try them because it's hard to find a lot of that stuff, but um, you just can't do it all back to back. I mean,
0: well, don't you get bored if you were just drinking three or four stouts in a row? Because my palate I mean, gets would, fatigued yeah. and bored, like. Nick Talk will back me up on this. When when we go out to places, we don't go out and think this is this. We're going to finish with stouts, so everything else leads up to that place that has stouts. That's not the way you operate. You need to have um, interest in your palate all the time. You can't drink you sours mix. all day you mix
1: it up. and yeah. you can't drink yeah. light
0: lager all day. But they're they're great at certain points in the day to break up your palate to just stop it getting fatigued.
1: The the microphone microphone was smart at that tap takeover because they brought their Italian pills too, um, which hell, is bomb it? as hell. By the way, it's so good. Um, their logger game right now is, and you know, I've heard good things uh, from our correspondents in Chicago. But microphone's logger game is really taken off. So um, their their Italian pills was was on point, um, and it's called like Hey Mambo, Ma- sorry, Mambo Italiano, and then. Was pretty good. Um, yep.
0: We just had Discord drop out there for a second, but I did. Oh catch, no. I did catch what it was called. Um,
1: oh yeah, it was it was excellent. Yeah, Italian Pills on point. Shout out to shout out to microphone. Great event. Um, you know, I'm happy for their turnout. Uh, I'm trying to think if I went to any other tap takeovers. We went over to friends um, when they still had some Moxa left. And that was nice. Um, I was pretty tired by that point, so I didn't really go nuts on that stuff. But um, yeah, the, the microphone thing was was probably the probably the the, the tap takeover highlight. Um, we'll get into some of the my favorites from the fest a little later. But Tony, why don't we jump into what you guys are up to the last couple of weeks and hit up the Discord?
0: Let's do that.
1: Cool. Let's see if I can load anything here. Um, oh, here, this is good. Uh, this one's from our friend Corey. Um, Cardinals fans are some of the heaviest drinkers in baseball. Uh, the average fan at a Cardinals game uh, consumes more than 2.5 beers per game. That doesn't seem like very many,
0: does it? Uh, that seems like a shit ton because you got to remember, children in the, in the crowd and the amount of non-drinkers that are at a baseball game, that number is far higher than you would think. So to get 2.5 beers per baseball game, even if they're only counting beer drinkers or those above legal age, that is an amazingly high number. Because when you do the breakdown of, Leaders per country media, of alcohol. the
1: median might be more interesting. How about that as a number? How about that? Is that maybe the case? Where yeah, it, perhaps instead of the mean, a, we should be thinking about the median?
0: Yeah, we, should, we perhaps should. And I think that number would, would surprise you. Yes, baseball takes place over, what, three and a half hours? Is that about right?
1: It takes forever, yeah. Oh, Cardinals fans drink 3.05 beers per game. Okay. Um, now, Marlins fans got the... Or no, Rockies fans were at the highest, three point oh nine for Rockies fans. Um, now Rockies fans have a nice beer setup, though. I'll say that at Coors Field. So Just course, I can see course, why. Coors
0: or are they? No, they, they, have, they have
1: like a fucking kick ass beer bar in the in the right field corner um, with all kinds of good shit. There you go. It's really good. Yeah, I'm surprised by that. No, same- St. Louis has decent beer too. You can drink like a zwickle and stuff there. It's pretty cool. Yep. Yeah.
0: It doesn't surprise uh, right. me that St. Louis or Denver actually have good beer scenes. I'm just surprised that they've actually made it into those stadiums with with branding that those stadiums have got more than anything else.
1: Yeah, I think I think Bush is um I don't know why, but Bush has been, been okay with it. I think I think Bush is not worried about their standing in St. Louis, for example. So um I think they're fine with it. Uh Nick Torque was still working through he's working his way through his case of Rodenbach. That's cool here in the beer chat channel. Um yep. nice nice backsplash, Nick. Looking good. Um well, this a good. Max Allotment uh drinking some more carton. I've been begging him for carton. He's got some more of it. This is a wedge issue with Bravo and Lotus, Imperial Oat Wheat Pale Ale. Um, Max says it smells like a field of orange blossoms, but the sip is all spicy hops over a plush, heavily oated frame, medium to full bodied back end brings a floral and decidedly non bitter finish with subtle vanilla. Nice. Um, I had some pics in here. I tossed in, this was a picture of one of my favorites, the, uh, the Stevens Bear Blend One. This is the. Uh, it uses. The, it's essentially Sponson Cherry Frederick's Stall, but a much lighter body. I okay. would say um, yep. more of a more of a lambic saison type base. Very pleasant drinking uh, beer, and I love those Frederick Stall cherries more than anything. It tastes so good. Um, and then I did take a picture of my man with his spreadsheets. You can see him there. He's got his shit out. Um, his spreadsheets. His post-its all over the table. You can see him there at the, at the fest.
0: Now I hadn't actually taken my time to look at that image before just scrolling onto it, but that is exactly the picture I had in my mind. You had painted a beautiful picture of that individual and having hunched over like that, that yeah, absolutely. He was
1: getting, somebody was running beers to him. Um, he had somebody assigned to like be a runner and shit. It was amazing. (laughs) Just no enjoyment at all. You know, the funniest thing is um, you got to realize unless you, so some people work, so say um, someone at Mickler who brews beer, works in the industry. Yeah. Yeah. Does this make sense to them? Probably not. No. They're all there to party. All the (laughs) brewers are there partying. Uh, Why are you doing this? That's something you have to think about. Why? There's maybe a reason you don't work in the industry is because, Everybody who works in the industry is there partying and enjoying, like, the fucking brass band that they brought in. And the guy playing the wood flute, which was very funny, playing Careless Whisper. And, um, all of us, uh, you know, hanging out and drinking beer. And they're opening, like, double magnums of lambic and stuff. Um, and you're sitting there, like, hey, is this a 4.35 or a 4.31? You well, know, yeah. it's, a, it's a perfect sort
0: of, um, way to sum up critics in general because you look at food critics and you look at a modern critic and I'm not talking influencer who over analyzes food compared to somebody like a Jonathan Gold. When he's at an event or something where he's not actually there to critique a restaurant, he's there to have a good time and he's there or he was there just to be Jonathan Gold. He wasn't – he never spreadsheeted shit and – even in the art form that is critiquing, it's not. There's no rubric for good critiques, and and so yeah, that, you're right. They, these people are not in the industry for a reason, and that's because they take the industry itself too seriously.
1: All the people, to who, do- people who are critics. I uh, have a job of they, ha- they do have this tasting job, but food and beer and stuff it, it do exist, especially in the way where you're doing criticism. It, it, you know, th- that becomes less about nourishment and more about entertainment. Right. The, the types of restaurants that get reviewed in f- for, for food criticism, those are meant to be food experiences. Right. You're, you're doing that as a component of I need to eat, obviously, to, to live. But you're also doing it for fun or because it's interesting to you. Or whatever, yeah. you know? Yep. So even they're going with the mindset of will people enjoy this? Yeah. Right. Is this fun to do? Am I having a good time? <laughs> you know? Um, is this beer am I having a nice time drinking this beer? You know, yeah. is it interesting to me? They're not it's not it, a numbers It's not game. just a study. It's about yeah. about pleasure, you know. <laughs> uh and and you have to have fun to understand pleasure. Yep, or else you will not have any of it, right? You you have to know what it's like to enjoy yourself, and if if you can't enjoy yourself, at, maybe that's what the guy likes doing. I don't know. I guess I shouldn't pick on the guy too much because maybe he just wants to make a goddamn spreadsheet. Fuck yeah. Fino, you know. But it it just seems it just seems wild to me. So, but to quote one of
0: my favorite movies of all time, beer. It's all about the vibe, and that's, that's really what it is. It's the whole picture. Because I went into a um, somewhat local um, establishment to me that was brewing their own craft beer, and I can tell you I won't be back because the beer was satisfactory, but the service and atmosphere was shithouse, um, well. and, and that really kills the mood. When I say somewhat local, I just mean it wasn't all the way in Melbourne. It was still a fair travel, and I, I don't go to that town particularly often. But, yeah, and if I had I had a spreadsheet out, it would have scored well on a spreadsheet. But because it didn't add up as an experience, I won't be going back.
1: Yeah, no, I get you. I mean, that's it's, it's, it's about, about having a good time, you know. Yep. We don't just go here to, to sip in it. We're not going into, a, like, a white room with your noise cancelling headphones on or whatever, you're trying to have some fun.
0: Yeah. And if I ask what beer would you recommend and I don't get an answer, Um, just like, yeah, these, these, what style do you want? I'll feel like a sour. What out of the the four sours that you've got on would you recommend? And I I don't get an answer. Just keep repeating what it is and then don't engage me with it and tell me what these things are. It's just like fuck
1: you yeah you want it yeah it's no fun no uh grammar purist he put on this map of beer consumption and i just tried to open it and it like bogged my whole computer down so um it does say like how much beer different states drink and new hampshire had a lot more and uh i think maryland had less and pretty much everybody drinks budweiser so that's cool um Sorry, grammar Nazi or grammar. Oh, excuse me, <laughs> <laughs> grammar purist. I would, uh, I would study this. I would study this map more if it wasn't uh, destroying my uh, laptop. And that's more my laptop's fault than it is anything else. So, hundred percent. Yeah, Hundo P. Tony um, W. Tudes. He's betting on hockey. Calgary plus seven hundred. How are how are the Flames doing today? I think it was their first game of the second round. Had a tough, had a tough go of it in the first round, but they got out of it. Calgary is up five to two in the second period over Edmonton. So not looking too bad. Um, I wonder if he would get more than plus 700 right now, <laughs> he bet plus 700 before the, before the cup final. I saw the Rangers were plus 1400 today, so he might've gotten better odds after the second round than he did after, before the first, so. uh, we'll see. um, Anything else, Tony? Was there anything else floating around in our in our slower channels? Any new pastry content? I don't know. But what no, about in the kitchen? There is not.
0: I, I, did we talk about the um, the cereal that Grandma Purus oh, posted? In-
1: I don't believe we did, uh, Tony. Uh, where is it? It is in the kitchen. Oh, yes. <laughs> Oh, the Tropicana Crunch. Yes. Oh, maybe we didn't talk about this—the orange juice in your cereal. The cereal, yeah, cereal made for orange juice. That sounds. I, I, you know what? I talked about this with Kelly because I saw this somewhere else, and I, I don't know, Tony. Do you eat cereal? Are you? Is is this is Australia a cereal eating country? Kind of, like
0: okay. I, I don't think it's a, a like. I think America has more varieties of sweet cereal, but yeah. um, we certainly do eat cereal, especially during the winter months. I enjoy a, a couple of wheat bix with a little bit of banana on it, and that's my go-to with milk. Um, but not into the super, super sweet um, no. Lucky Charms or closest thing that we've got to something like that would be Fruit Flakes, uh, Fruit Loops. Um, don't, not sure if you're familiar with Fruit Loops. Um, but um, I think America has more varieties in cereal, so perhaps you're more a cereal country than, than we are, but um, like toast and cereal, yeah, that's a common part of an Australian breakfast on a weekday. We're not, we're not really sure. a pancake country for example.
1: Yeah, no, I, I, um, I, we typically eat oatmeal here because what, because of ha- trying to get our cholesterol, uh, keep our cholesterol down. <laughs> um, but I did eat, I actually had cereal today for the first time in a, in a minute, I think. Um, sometimes at a hotel I'll eat it because it's the best option, but Kelly got some fancy cereal while I was out of town for work. Cause she was just looking for some nostalgia. I think, but one of them she did get was a it was a like healthy version of cinnamon toast crunch quote unquote it was less sugar and um, high fiber and um, we had some of that this morning and I I liked it actually it was a nice change of pace um, but it is very sweet uh, compared to what I would usually eat for eat for breakfast but yeah Tony this is called Tropicana Crunch it, it was cereal made for OJ uh, the uh, Tropicana gave it away for free uh, it was granola based. Um, so there are a million different granola type cereals you can eat. Um, I'm sure you guys get them out there too. Yeah. Different, you know, clumps and clusters and stuff, which I mean, I like them. Um, actually one of my favorite ways to eat cereal for a while was some like plain bran flakes topped with like a quarter cup of granola and, and yep. you know, kind of mix some sugar in with that. So, See, I, um,
0: I like granola more as a texture rather than something that you put a liquid into, if that makes sense. So if I'm going to have yeah, yogurt for breakfast, for example, which is one of my things that I do enjoy, a bit of yogurt with a little bit of fruit, pop some granola on, on the top of that. Great texture. Love the um, flaked oats, but as a cereal by itself with milk, not such a huge fan. And with juice, well, Hey, you might as well eat Lucky Charms for fuck's sake! With the amount of sugar in juice, uh, yeah. and even oh, yeah, if it's and that's the other thing juice.
1: with orange juice is you you can't be drinking a full, a full fucking cup of this, or even putting a, if you put a half cup in your cereal. I mean, that's a lot of sugar. That um, is a
0: metric shit ton of sugar. Yeah, yeah, that's that's one of the things when I I um first got diagnosed with di- diabetes that I went off for good reason, like. That would be up around where your Mountain Dew was. Um, it's crazy <laughs> the amount of sugar in orange juice.
1: Yeah, yeah, you got to be careful with with OJ, and because like eating an orange, you know that's got sugar in it. But yeah. you know, how? Think of how many oranges have to be squeezed. Yeah, about six to get, you know get like a glass of OJ out of it. Yep, and um, you
0: and you're losing all that fiber, and, and and the pulp that they put back is not the same as as actually chewing through. <laughs> oh, no, yeah.
1: Anyways, yeah. but so we wouldn't eat this, but do you think, would, would orange, would it be nasty? Would orange juice as the cereal lubricant, I suppose, make it nasty?
0: No, but do we need a special granola just for this? No, because no.
1: granola does,
0: it. it lends itself for sweet ingredients. That's why you can have really healthy granolas and then you can have granolas that are loaded full of sugar and that sugar doesn't come from like honeying up the granola it comes from things like dried fruits that they add to granola that is just packed full of sugar and it plays really well with it so I I could see orange juice working its way um, into that with the right mix of, of ingredients coconut would be a good part of that granola i think um reduce the the fruit component i think oj at work i think it's terrible for you but hey yeah does it, it makes sense to me it doesn't doesn't send off any alarm bells that it's just pure gimmick it's not something that's done for health reasons but it makes sense flavor wise
1: i, I get you yeah i don't think it's too nasty but uh i don't think i would do it um mostly because i think i'd start quivering at the end of it but. That's all right. Um, Tony, why don't we uh, move on? There, are, there is no, nothing in the... Guys, if you want to send us a mail question or something, go ahead and do that.
0: I just want to find in that. there.
1: It's empty. Uh, if you want to get in our Discord, uh, drop us a note on Instagram or send us an email. Um, we will put you in the Discord, and you can come hang out, and you can ask us questions, or you can post random shit um, which is mostly what happens there, and it's very fun. Tony, why don't we do a uh, slightly expedient logger of the week? Griffs logger of the week. Griffs logger of the week. All right, Tony. My logger of the week is the one I just drank. Live Oak Pills. Yummy, yummy, scrummy. Uh, absolutely delicious. Live Oak. Um, I, I was my my plan in Austin, Tony. I had a three hour layover in Austin in, yep. in, originally when I booked this. My plan, uh, the Live Oak Brewery, is mere seconds away from the Austin Airport. It's it's essentially on the grounds of the Austin Airport, <laughs> um, just like right off of it. Uh, I was going to go there, eat a sausage from their food truck, and drink a pills and a uh, maybe a Hef and come back and get on my flight and go home. Uh, unfortunately, that didn't work out. I ended up drinking pills in the airport, but I did bring a couple cans home uh, for myself and uh, and Kelly, and they are delicious. Uh, so it is my logger of the Week. It's an A-plus lager. If you ever find yourself in Austin or in Texas or near Austin or whatever, get your hands on some of this stuff. It is amazing. Tony, how about you? Any lager this week?
0: Nothing of note, just my same macro bullshit. Hey, fills a whole... Save, save some right. money for the good stuff. So, yeah, nothing nothing that needs to be put in um, Lager of the Week. But I do How have that? stuff yeah, for this segment. It. Let's do it. Yeah.
1: Go for it, Tony.
0: Now, I'm going to take a shot at pronouncing <laughs> this beer, but I'm not exactly sure. I'll spell it out to you um, afterwards. Okay. Rogger. R- I think it's like mm-hmm. the sound of a lion. Double R, mm. A, triple W, double G, oh R. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a... No, I don't know, yeah. It's a red ale... but by our good friends at Dayton. Um, mm. It was absolutely killer. I I think you would call this an Imperial um, Red Ale, 10%. Um, just, like, I can't give you spreadsheet notes on this, but what I will tell you is I'm going to pick up some beer today and that'll be on my repurchase list. It was fucking delicious.
1: All right, that's good to hear. Uh. Yeah, I love a red ale. What, was it like a hoppy red? Was it more yeah. like a, okay? It, it was a
0: hoppy, boozy red. So yeah, it's not an old school red. I think it was hoppier than, than like you, you would have got even even three or four years ago. Uh, it, it just drank really well and and nice. had it, enough hop bite. You, you could probably age it maybe two months and it'll still be good. But right now it's pretty much at its peak.
1: I just realized that I joined the wrong voice channel for this show. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Whatever. It still worked. Uh, yeah, we're fine. Uh, Tony, you know, I, I I don't know if I want to give beers of the week yet because we're, we're doing some of my favorites from the fest. But you know what? I will. I'm going to talk about this one from um, – from, uh, from Bauhaun, it was the Stevens bear we talked about a little bit. I think that was probably my favorite beer of the trip. Um, it is uh, I just want to just get the real description of it. Yeah, wild ale fermented and aged in a French oak fooder and aged on Danish Stevensburg cherries. Boy, it was just so damn good. I think that's definitely my my favorite my favorite of the of the of the whole dang trip. Um, wasn't even at the fest. It just drank so nice. Um, had a couple nice IPAs mixed in. There was a Pulpit Rock IPA I liked um, that was just sort of a more – I don't really like doing like just giant stouts for this. Um, I think those were a couple of my faves. But, yeah, we'll get on to some of my big-time favorites when we get to Untrap. So why don't we move over to Hyper Beer nerd Dork Shit News. Hyper Beer and Dork Shit News. All right, I've been dying to talk about this, Tony. So we're going to do it. Uh, there are Burb t- Tony. There are Burble County NFTs, uh, <laughs> and they and they came out right before the major crypto crash. Um, oh. They had to lower them by a hundred dollars, the <laughs> price by a hundred dollars before it. So originally, uh, they released. 2,000 Barrel House Collection NFTs on sale at $4.99 each plus tax. Um, the company values the NFTs at more than $1 million. <laughs> it was intended to uh, mark the 30th anniversary of Bourbon County Stout. Um, I'm going to go to the actual website um, where they were. Yeah, here we go. Barrel House Collection NFTs. Don't worry, there are still some available. No problem. Um, Let's see if I... Oh, I have to sign into the website with my birthday. Here we go. Uh, So, uh, oh yeah, this is so nice. We've always taken a step into the unknown, a path unlit by anyone before. Had we listened to the detractors, we never would have put beer into a bourbon barrel. Blah, 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 Some Dog shit, yeah. Um, introducing the 2022 goose island barrel house uh collection of nfts each nfts will be revealed in your wallet by may 2022 so there's some little pictures here you know whatever they're just little fucking pictures right
0: hey. so, so you to be clear remember you don't own that picture you own a link to that picture
1: That's right. And then there's the, there's some like moving ones that are in the reserve. There's a 24 karat gold edition that only is one of, um, let's see if I, yeah, there are still, um, let let me see if I, if I wanted to mint one, (laughs) what would it cost me? 399. So they lowered it by a hundred dollars already. Uh, There's still plenty left. Don't worry. Uh, You can get all, you know, get all the bourbon, County NFTs you want. So what is the point of this? Uh, One can't, one can't quite figure that out. Um, Beer has beer has sort of uh, its own value. You can't drink this. Uh, It's a picture. So um, if you want a bourbon County picture, I mean, I guess. I don't know. Now I don't know. I wonder how many people bought one. I don't know if they're going to tell us that, though.
0: Are they, are they bundling anything with it? Like, do you get, like, beer with it? Because I know people are bundling NFTs with goods.
1: Um, yeah, it's like a ticket or something. Um, this says you will... Um, there's 29
0: of them left. You can mint one.
1: No, I know there's plenty left. Um, oh, I can get some throwback. There is no beer. This this top one, the, the lowest level gets you a fucking, like, it's like a Kickstarter gift. This is what you would get if you backed a Kickstarter. <laughs> you get a, boot, a throwback tap handle from the Goose Island vault, oh. autographed by Greg Hall, oh. the man who pissed <laughs> who pissed on the indoor bar at Bangers and Lace, which is where we I actually just was a custom barrel stave and a (laughs) a snifter. That's a fucking gift. If you, if you back a Kickstarter at like a level that was worth $400, that sucks. Uh, if you do the reserve, you get a bypass of the, Oh, you get a prop. You get a guaranteed ability to purchase a prop day ticket and purchase a prop day allocation. So you get first in line, you get cutsies. Yep. It's a prop day. You don't get tickets though. Um, you get a branded digital frame for your NFT. You get a barrel head used in Burble County and you get a VIP experience at the barrel house, including the uh, unlocking of the BCS vault for a tasting of rare vintage years. Okay. Then at the top level, you get, you actually get the prop day ticket and yep. the allocation you get a display shelf with a barrel or sorry, with a bottle and you get a, a vintage one-on-one vintage tasting with a goose island brewer and all the stuff from selected and reserve. So, okay. So, uh, it still sucks, but you get essentially kick. I mean, they're Kickstarter gifts. So yeah. if you back to Kickstarter at the highest level, you would get something like this where it's like you get to go to dinner with the founder and you're like, Oh, why do I give a shit? Oh, I get to drink beer with, with, uh, Honestly, uh, one of the guys who brews the beer is uh, is is a dude who played mellophone in the fucking marching band with me at UI. Oh, I can have dinner with that guy? Oh, yep. cool, you know. But what, fuck you.
0: There's <laughs> there's no problem with premium experiences, but why do it in NFT form? This is my point. What's pro- the problem with just keeping them as like g- dollars?
1: Dollars just for, keep the them for the experience. Yeah. Why do, do you- I need this thing? I don't want this. Like, get- it's actively losing value. I'd rather just pay to go to the thing. Then I can just say, like, oh, I paid a thousand bucks to go fucking hang out with the band, with the band dork who made my beer and, um, uh, you know, go to prop day. Yep. That's fine. True. You know, right. going to prop day is cool. I got no, no problem yeah. with that. Some people might pay, they probably pay markup for those tickets up to 200, 300 bucks now. So, yep. And, um,
0: it, it's fine that that's what you want to do and spend your money. It's just like NFTs—the most inefficient way to do that. Like to give you some example, like with these stable coins that are another part of the crypto scene that are sure. underpinning a lot of NFTs and and cryptocurrencies. I think the Iraqi dinar is more stable than all these stable coins.
1: Like, oh yeah, no, all this shit is. Um- that, that's why it's so funny. They used to say that this shit was going to become the world reserve currency. I'm like, you know how nuts that would be. <laughs> I'm just fucking crazy, bro. Um, I don't know anything about currency, but my understanding about world reserve currency is that it's supposed to be very steady yes. is the idea. You kind of generally know what it's worth. Yep. <laughs> Uh, but it, but this stuff, you have no idea at any, at any time, no. you know, the, the thing about this is what really makes, what, what sort of grinds my gears about it is you could just give these experiences away and they would have sort of the normal amount of waste involved with like consumption of something. Right. So, you know, someone has to drive their car to go to the fucking experience and do it and eat food and all that, whatever. Instead, you've also added this aspect of a whole bunch of computers have to whir around and get very hot yep. to make this fucking thing so that and solve like a thousand math problems well, or whatever they do and you, create and mint this fucking coin that has the, it's part of the blockchain, right? Which has its all this yeah. components to it.
0: Well, it, it's not like mining for, for Bitcoin. I think that's a, a misconception with a lot of this crypto. NFTs, but, it's but you're still, right. I mean, it is it still inefficient. Takes energy, I mean, yeah. yeah. But that's what I was about to say. These are some of the most inefficient ledgers um, anywhere in the world, and they are not legally binding within courts. And that's the whole thing. No. They they call these things smart contracts, but the contract is between a computer and another computer. There's still plenty right. of like. Good old fashioned scams, regardless of what's going on with pump and dump within the crypto space that um, is happening, and you can Have be you scammed. Seen how out of- easy
1: it is to hack into computers. People do that all the time. And you know what's <laughs> easier
0: than hacking into computers? Hacking people because people are dumb. I'm a person and I'm dumb at times when my guard's down. Hey, give me
1: your wallet ID. Yeah. You know, whatever. (laughs) Easy peasy, you know. And now it's on the public. You know I did it, but you gave it to me. So you can't be mad, you know. They're just fucking inefficient ledgers. Like just
0: employ a lawyer, write this shit up, sell VIP packages. Done. Job done. No gimmick. Yeah. And you wouldn't have to discount them a hundred bucks. Because um, Uh, fucking um, Ethereum's going down the the shit. Yeah,
1: I mean inflation's high. You could probably charge more for it for sure. You know. Yep. Um, In some in some more heartwarming news, I, I wanted to point this out. This is from the guys over at the North Bay Business Journal, but I had heard about this a couple weeks ago. Moonlight Brewing, a, a well-liked brewery even here in Vegas, when we get their stuff, uh, makes a lot of good lager. They make some good IPA. Um, was you know had been invested in by Lagunitas about fifty percent, maybe about six, five, six years ago, twenty sixteen, I think. And um, well, I'll just read this here: Craft beer innovator from Napa Valley has purchased the half stake in Moonlight Brewing that Lagunitas acquired six years ago which was soon after the, uh, brewery had been acquired by Heineken. And the person who did that is a fellow named Patrick Rue, uh, Patrick Rue, R-U-E. You might be familiar with him as the founder of the brewery, um, R-U-E. Um, he, uh, has acquired that other half and he's going to own it with his buddy, Brian Hunt, who I think, um, I think those two probably know each other pretty well. And, um, they're going to run this, this thing together as Brian Hunt has gotten kind of old. uh, He's in his sixties. I think Patrick Rue is maybe a little younger still. And, um, has, has some, uh, children who might be interested in getting into the industry, but
0: forget about all that. uh, You're getting two people. It's just nice.
1: It's just nice that that happened. I think that's just nice.
0: You're getting two people with business acumen. Don't get me wrong, but also have a passion for the industry. I think Mm -hmm. the, the, the brewery has like it has long term credit in the industry for, for what it's done. Absolutely, um, Absolutely. So I, I think it's great to see some of these brands re- return back to um, non mega corporations that actually have a passion for beer and profits and quality beer will go hand in hand. So that's that's exciting for us as consumers.
1: It's great news. Those Moonlight loggers are bomb. The Moonlight IPAs are very good. Uh, they're doing a great job over there. And uh, I'm very happy for them. I, you know, I think I think Loganidas has its own problems to deal with right now. Uh, I think they were, I mean, you know, they're just kind of stuck in the middle now, you know, like all these kind of, you know, larger craft brands that are owned by the big companies um, not that Lagunitas doesn't still make, you know, some pretty good beers, but uh, I think they're just sort of stuck in the middle right now. So they, they, don't need, they don't need to have anything extra on the books. So it worked out for everybody, I think. Yep. So, that was some good news. Happy for those guys. Um, Tony, uh, why don't we move on? We're going to play a little bit of un- Untrapped this week, uh, but this time it's going to be with some of my faves uh, from my little travels. So why don't we hit that Untap theme? <laughs> All right, Tony, I have whittled it. I, I think, I don't know if I've done this officially. I couldn't put these in any order, but I've, I think I've whittled down my five favourite beers I drank from the MBCC 2022 Fest. Now, have you got a spreadsheet uh, over...
0: where you ranked them? Did you use like a you know big what? rubric, 60 different factors?
1: It's crazy to think about that. You know what's awesome about this fest, by the way, Tony. And one of the one of the le- maybe underappreciated factors, it has this little app, like like PWA type app, you know, like a web app. Yep. And um, they've hooked it up to Untapped, where you can just sign in like the API, and you can just literally like check the little box, throw your rating on there, and it will just punch it up to nice. Untapped. Love it's that. so nice, and it shows every beer that's in the fest. They're all, they've already, like, all the beers are listed for each session. You can click on red. It shows you all the reds. You find the brewery. You click the little thing. It's so nice. Um, and I can just go back in there and look at it. Um, so clutch. So you don't need any of this shit. It's all right there for you, you know? You just fucking look at your little phone. Very easy. Uh, Tony, these are my five faves from the, from the Beer Fest, uh, from a mix of breweries, a mix of in styles. Order. Um these are not in order. Um, these are just five of my five faves that I could think of. Um, I'm sure I'm missing some that I really loved, but that's okay. So we're going to start with this one. There's actually not that many styles in here. There, there was a lot of stout at this fest, so there is quite a bit of stout. <laughs> um, but they were all very good. This one is called – so this one's from Ruse Brewing. I've been there, Tony. Ruse in Portland, R-U-S-E. This is their Phases of Darkness with Vanilla. It is 13.6 alcohol by volume. Uh, It has 444 check-ins. The description here, this Imperial Stout was brewed with our favorite top-shelf ingredients. british base malt, rolled oats, malted oats, and a whole lot of toasty brown sugar are liquefied into this luscious treat. We then filled some freshly dumped maple syrup casks, which previously held Pappy Van Winkle bourbon, filled them to the brim, and waited. Once this sticky concoction reached its prime, we sourced rare vanilla from Vanuatu, Tanzania, and the Democratic Republic of Congo, three places that don't have any political issues, to bolster extra creamy notes of chocolate, cookies, custard, and caramel-swirled baking spice. So this is a barrel-aged stout with vanilla, um, maple syrup, casks previously held pappy barrel aged stout with vanilla from ruse i thought this fucking was awesome and the guy was super cool and he commented on my frame hat so he got extra points for that (laughs) tony what do you got on this one
0: i think these are all going to be high scores i think we can discount anything under four now this does thinking about my rubric in my mind my little tablet in my mind um i'm sort of looking back and I think, has this got enough adjuncts to push it into the stratosphere? And mm. I'm afraid not. But balancing against that, we have to come back to Pappy Van Winkle Barrels. That pushes it up in people's mind. I'm not saying that it would have affected your ability to score this, but I'm, I'm looking at um, the, the untapped community uh, actually, as a
1: whole. I did not. I did not know it was Pappy Van Winkle till I read it this afternoon. So okay, um, that's fair I just enough. For it was you. So, but
0: so, yeah. do you think that dude with his computer knew that it was Pappy Van Winkle, <laughs> and do you think that affected his score? Absolutely. What if, think, look- what, what, if his,
1: what if he lost his computer or something traveling home? That'd be so funny. Uh, right, that
0: shit is backed up to a cloud, a private cloud, no, no less. <laughs> <laughs> you can
1: guarantee yeah, that. Fucking Plex server or something.
0: (laughs) But, okay, so looking at all the things that you've said, this is a super well-made beer, super delicious, not high on the adjunct factor, high on the premium ingredients, like Pappy Van Winkle and vanilla, they've they've marketed that well. So this Mm -hmm. scores at above four and a half. This is how high I think this scores but it only just scrapes across the line at 4.56. Oh,
1: Tony. Oh. Uh, Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Uh, Don't end like you this. Went too, I think you went too far.
0: Oh, went Tony, too big
1: on the barrel. You went too big. This one is 4.44. Oh. 4.44. I usually like you to get into it within a tenth. You, you went can't give too me that. Far.
0: No, you can't give me that. Yeah, I can't.
1: Um, so yeah, 4.44 for that one. Actually, a little lower than I expected when I when I looked at this one, but it's okay. Uh, I quite enjoyed it. Very good. So you're 0 for 1. Here is your next one. This one is called A Deeper Understanding. And this is from Forager Brewery. Forager Brewery from Rochester, Minnesota. Have not been here, Minnesota. Um, this one is 12.5% six hundred and thirty people have checked this in uh here's your description a deeper understanding was blended from four different barrel vintages containing different base stouts before aging on four unique regions of vanilla bean caviar vanilla caviar from tahiti congo ecuador and vanuatu, boy, vanuatu is getting a lot of play here um Frolic with Weller, Baker's, and Rock Filter Barrel character. An intense aroma of charred chicory infused dark chocolate oh. smothered in toasted marshmallows drizzled with Frederick's Dahl coulee envelops the atmosphere around this liquid. The flavor reveals deep layers of spiced chocolate covered sorry, spiced chocolate covered cherry truffles stuffed into a toasted marshmallow on a milk chocolate streep waffle, then enjoyed at Minnesota autumn temperatures. Another chapter in our everlasting quest to unlock secrets within vanilla. So that is a, quite the description. So this is a big blender here. Um, Tony, I, I would say, uh, Tony, this was a delicious beer. Uh, I don't I don't really know how to describe this in a way that will help you, but it was... Yep. Absolutely lovely. See, uh, I, don't, and a half percent.
0: I don't think you're – with beers of this style, you, no offence to you, I don't think your personal descriptions have a lot to do with it. I need to um, have a sense of the crowd. Now, yep. again, low on the adjunct factor but high on technique in this case uh, and high, high – again, high-quality ingredients. That probably goes without saying and and that's perhaps why I overrated the last beer. But this is higher in technique, so I want to go back to a similar place where I guessed the last one. Um, mm. Would you say there was, a, not between these two beers, was there a marked difference between any of the five beers that you tasted where you thought, yeah, that, that those two were killer or those three were killer and the others, yeah, that, they were really good and, yes, I would have them again sort of beers, or were they all killer, no filler?
1: Um, here's what I would say about this beer in particular. I found this beer more drinkable than any of the other stouts I had. I, it was very pleasant to drink this beer. Um, oh, they were all fun to drink, back. <laughs> but, but I think, you know, there was a, it, it had thickness, it had sweetness, but it was like, it, it, it just, it, there's something about it that it, it made it, it sat on your tongue. Maybe it was the vanilla. Maybe they worked the vanilla nicer where, cause you know, if you get vanilla, right, it there adds a um, a finish factor that makes it easy to go back in. Yep. Um, There's a natural sweetness that, I think that isn't a sugar. This did that really well. This did that really, really well. Okay. I think.
0: Okay, I get what you're saying now.
1: It, it was Moorish. It was not thin and drinkable or or licorice type that would knock the rating down. This this was yep. more of a, a a vanilla functioning vanilla. It's like eating a vanilla cupcake where where the vanilla really pops, and you're like, I could just house this thing, you know.
0: <laughs> gotcha. I'm going to go back into similar territory. I I think this is again above 4.5. Probably all of them. I'm going to put in that stratosphere, um, but I'm I'm going to be even a little bit more cautious on this. I'm going to go 4.51.
1: All right, Tony, you get it. 4.54.
0: That for was actually going to be my original guess, but yes, yeah. I'll take it. There
1: you go. 4.54 foragers deep understanding. standing. This might've been my favorite stout. Um, boy, it popped off. We had it at the end of the fest. We were like looking at walking around looking for stuff that we didn't get that was left over. And I think people just slept on forager. Cause I'm like, oh, I know these guys kick ass. Um, and I got this I'm like, this is fucking awesome. Um, so that was a big win. All right, let's switch up the uh, – let's switch up the – let's get out of the stout realm here. Ooh. And let's go over to Bauhausen. Oh, my God. We're back. Um, so we're going to go with mm, – what should I use? <laughs> I've had that one. I'm trying to see, like, which uh, – trying to see the- which uh, – one Which of year years. I should use? Okay, there is a 2021 here, so I guess we can use that one. Uh, um, this one is called Pontau, and this is uh this has so this is this year's Pontau. We use that as the rating. There's enough ratings on it. Pontau 2021. I know, it, I know, it's it says 2021, but it's the 2021. It's when 20, they made it, and
0: 2021. Yeah. Vintage, but it's a 2022 release. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, that's right. You got it. And this is a Danish wild ale uh, with white saturn peaches aged in wild ale barrels for 18 to 36 months. Uh, Due to the incredible harvest of white saturn peaches, Pantau, Pantau returns back to a similar flavor and acid profile found in blend one. Bursting with fresh white peach flavor with a balanced acidity that brings a unique freshness that can be incredibly challenging to capture in a beer. For maceration, we chose one- to two-year-old Danish wild ale barrels with an average age of just 18 months. The peach is then macerated with stones in the beer for six weeks. After maceration, we added a bit of three-year-old Danish wild ale to round out the complexity, bringing an incredible amount of character that can only be balanced out by over 700 grams, Fresh, succulent, white Saturn peaches per liter of beer. Damn, that was good. Um, This is so lovely, Tony. It tastes of fresh white peach to the purest sense of the word with the dryness and slight funk of their perfect wild ale. What a delicious beer this is. This Uh, this year's vintage has 195 check-ins.
0: This is the sort of beer that I crave, um I'm as much as you might think I'm like chasing the super sour or the super funk it's like just give me like the like quintessential experience you want to give me and sounds like this hit out of the park now would you say that most of the people checking this in are fairly knowledgeable about this style of beer or it, it could be a crowd where the subtlety yes. gets lost
1: I think I think typically your check-ins of this not to give away too much are the people who know what this type of beer is.
0: Okay. So I think the type
1: of people who go to this fest are I know there's a big there's shit lords and stout guys but do you think people have more of an awareness and there's more Europeans there that have more of an, an awareness of the you know st- this this sort of style of beer.
0: Okay. Taking all that into account I'm going to take a leap of faith, and this could go horribly wrong, but I'm actually going to push up into the low 4.6 territory. I'm actually going to stop at 4.60. I want to push slightly higher, but I think I need to stay within sensible bounds. So, yeah, 4.60, it just seems to me like this is a beer for a very specific crowd, but it seems to be that this crowd would be a lot of the people that are checking this beer in.
1: Tony, not quite enough of that crowd. Check this one in. This one's 4.26. Boom. I thought that that was, I thought that was crazy good for a beer like this. Typical. Um, Yeah. 4.26 for that one. Blend one has a higher rating. Um, 4.31 but blend two has a lower rating 4.08. Do I think there's any difference between those? Not really. So (laughs) I I think probably, I mean, there is a difference obviously wild ale is always going to have different characters, but I don't know. It's still going to taste like peaches. I don't know. Whatever. Um, 4.26. So that's pretty goddamn good for Wild. bro Boone Boone can barely get a four on untapped and often doesn't. So, We'll take it. Uh, let's do one more sour here. Let's do one more sour and then we'll we'll go on to the last one. Um, so we have we have we have two left. This is Bofkant. I don't think I don't know if that's how you would say it. Buff Bo- Buffkunt. Boff cant. But this is Buffkant. Buff Boof No, it's 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 Brett Kavanaugh. It's Boof um, Brett Kavanaugh made this beer. Um, <laughs> He is a boofing cunt. That's right. Tony, there's no description on this beer, Uh, so we're going to try to find one um, so I can describe it. It was was also a peachy-type beer. It's called Sunrise.
0: Again, on Um, the subtler side or or a little funkier?
1: I think this was funkier. Tony, this is a fresh summer beer with Belgian peaches from the Antwerp region grown by a retired fruit grower. But is um, he really retired if he's growing them? <laughs> like- one wonders, that one. <laughs> um, this one has 100 – Sunrise 2021 has 172 check-ins. Oh. Um, Let me see. Actually, there's a picture here. White and yellow Belgian peaches and Spanish wild peaches, a blend of one- and two-year-old Lambic. It was bottled in September 2021. Uh, It has a bit of a, compared to Pontau, boy, I'm I'm getting big. I'm a big peach boy now, by the way. I've always loved peach beer. I think it's so good. But this one has a little more of an opaqueness to it. It's not yep. totally opaque, but it does have a little more of a haze to it. I would say, gotcha. Which I think is is fair enough for a, for a lambic style. I, you know, you I would of, have
0: expected all of these to be carrying some sort of haze. I wouldn't have expected sort yeah. of there, lager crispness. Yeah,
1: there's, so you, they the definitely have a haze to it. Pa- Pontau has some of that. Yeah, yeah. Pontau too has some of that, like yeah, like a like a Zwickau or a um, maybe a maybe a wit beer. You know. Yeah. Um, so there you go, 172 check-ins on this. Okay, I tiny. have to
0: come off my 4.5 territory. If you're saying Boone only cracks a four, this is going to crack a little less. The funk, I think, is going to upset that one or two percent, like, stout boy, fuck boy kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Sure. So so bring this in at 4.13. 4.13 is my fa- right. final answer, Larry.
1: You got that one, Tony. We're gonna give you that one. Four point two for Sunrise twenty twenty one. So you're within you're within a half point ish, seven point seven. So you get that one. These guys kick ass. By the way, I loved everything they made. Um, they had a little line going for for a good amount of the fest. Once people got out of the fucking Moxa line, um, they would come over here, and uh, it was it was some good shit. Quite enjoyable. Um,
0: Question. What was yes. the most overhyped beer? I don't mean the beer was bad, but there was a huge line, and it was just as good as everything else at the festival. Uh, it being. was
1: probably um, it was probably the Omnipoil. Um, we we Ooh. did we did it. Um, I I mean I enjoy it. It's gimmick though. Um, but it, they had a huge fucking line the whole goddamn fest. Um, but they had the soft serve going, um, so they we we got it. It was like Tefnut the one Tefnut with black corn and currant and all this shit. And it was like dark fucking black. Um, and then they put a little soft serve, like <laughs> beer ice cream on top of it. And it was so silly. And I appreciate the irreverence of it, frankly, yep. you know, cause it's fun. It's yeah. beer for fun, you know? And um, I liked it. It was fun to drink. It was a little teeny sippy, um, which is the perfect amount. It's very tart and very sweet and very hard to drink a lot of it. <laughs> Um, but it was delicious and, um, their stout was okay. They, they had, um, it was called billionaire's hot chocolate and I think they did it with side project actually, but there wasn't much to it. It was just, it tasted like 1 million chocolate. Um, but their line was nuts the whole day. Yep. Gotcha. Um, is that worth it? I don't know if you're at the fest, I guess, but, yeah. um, I think there were better beers than that. And I would say the most underrated line or most underrated brewery was probably Transient from Michigan, uh, who's been at all this stuff. They've always been at this fest since we've been going. And they just bring fire, but nobody cares. So drank some fucking bomb stout, um, and they had some good wild stuff on. Tried it all. I loved it, and, but nobody. I mean, it was not one of my five favorites, but they were no, in my, but, ten favorite, my yeah. top ten for sure. Um, and nobody was in, every time I could just walk right up and be like, can I have some, you know, Ruse too. Ruse was the same way. Ruse had everything all day. Didn't run out of anything. Um, Forager, same deal. Everything was available all day. Uh, there was a brewery from Canada called Willa, Williford Farms or something. They had great IPA. Uh, nobody cared. Uh, Funk Factory had their bottles available all day. Really good. Bauhausen, no line whatsoever. They actually, Aaron was sitting there, the guy from who had, who, who left Toolbox, his brewery out know, in California to start bahawing up. And uh, he looked like pissed off or hung over or something, probably a combo of both, but there was no line for shit. <laughs> <laughs> so I was drinking it. It was fine. Um, but yeah, there was a ton of good stuff that you didn't have to even think about drinking. You could just have it for any moment. All right, Tony, last one. We're going moxa on this one. Uh, I finally got in the moxa line. I think we did it first on uh, on Saturday. On Saturday, just because um, we went we went to so there's a coffee coffee collective has a setup there. They're like world coffee champions, um, and they make cortado. They'll make you cortados. They make like the best cortado in the world. i love a cortado as certified by, by the coffee fucking people. They win the championship bullshit, in cortado though. making. Yeah, it is bullshit, but it is good as hell. Um, So I got a Cortado and we went and waited at the fucking Moxa line. It was fine. You know, I was in no rush, uh, sipping on my Cortado and, uh, we got this one. This was called barrel aged joyous almonds. And you can take a guess what that means. Um, this was a barrel aged beer for their 2021, 22 advocators group. That's their version of the Horace group. Uh, this imperial stout began its journey as a barrel-aging stout recipe that was laid to rest in Old Fitzgerald and George T. Stagg barrels for 20 months. We then treated the barrel-aged liquid with one pound per gallon of coconut, 10 pounds per barrel of almonds, and 0.7 pounds per barrel of Congolese vanilla beans. Barrel, No Vanuatu, fuck me. Uh, barrel-aged candy bars do not exist, but if they did, this would be the liquid form of this... Uh, Tony, I drank the non-barrel-age version of this the day before. It was fucking good, um, if you like your Almond Joys. Um, good as hell. Uh, but this one has 721 check-ins.
0: Okay. Isn't, like, Almond Joy considered a bad candy? I haven't actually had an Almond Joy, so I don't know.
1: Some people don't like it. I like it. I mean, I, I like, but, you know, I like cocoa. It's It's a... Coconut bar with almonds on top. Okay. Um, So so if you don't like that, then, you know, you know what the problem is with it, actually, Tony, and this is why Kelly doesn't like it, milk chocolate. Um, Now, Mounds bar doesn't have the almonds, but it's got dark chocolate, and that's better. So if they made an almond joy with dark chocolate, I think I'd be on board.
0: Now, seeing that you've traveled to some European countries, perhaps you don't know what I'm talking about, but have you ever had a bounty?
1: Yes, I have. Those are good. Yeah. I
0: love a bounty. So, if I love a bounty, would I love this beer?
1: I think you would. Yeah, I think Tony. I think you would love this beer. Yep. I think you. You wouldn't drink. You wouldn't chug a bottle of this beer because it's sugar. But yep. it's it for for the amount they give us, which is like five centiliters. It's fucking amazing. <laughs> Can you yeah.
0: give that to me in milliliters? Because like centiliters mean nothing to me.
1: I think it would be fifty. Okay. Thank you. Right. Yeah.
0: Because this is like. The only country in the world that uses centiliters on a regular basis are the Scandinavian and Scandinavia-adjacent countries. Yeah, I believe so,
1: that would be 50, right? So 50 would be, yeah, 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 about two ounces?
0: Yeah, yeah, a little under two ounces.
1: Yeah, 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 okay. Yep. Yeah. All right, there you go, 50.
0: 28 mil per, per ounce, so yeah.
1: hmm Yeah, I think you're looking at about that.
0: Okay. So I would enjoy this. You would enjoy this. Super hype. i got to go back into the five. Four,
1: four, 14.8%, by the way.
0: Oh, okay. So we're getting into special air territory. I've got to go back to the 4.6s. And I've got to go back. And I've got to go on the high side of that. I've got to, like, 4.66 is where I, I stop there. Um, I think there's going to be an odd weirdo that, that rates this a two-and-a-half and calls it fucking delightful and would go back for more. Because
1: <laughs> there's a the problem with this, yeah. Yep.
0: And I'm not sure what spreadsheet boy would think of this um, because it does have a lot of adjuncts. We like adjuncts if it's done right, which it sounds like it's done right. Um, yeah, 4.66, that's where I stop. Perhaps I've overrated it, but hey. You've got to live. And, hey, what's the worst that can happen? I'm stuck at the bottom of a well. You're stuck
1: in the porno well. You're yep. fine. Um, Tony, you're getting out of the porno well. Lucky you. You get three out of yes. the five. This is 4.59 on this one.
0: Oh, just up to time.
1: joyous almonds. Yep, just just enough. Maybe, I. Um, you know, I, I, I'll say this, Tony. And this is why I this is I see this is the this is the, the beer club I would kill to be in is the Moxa one. Yep. but it's impossible to get in. But this was better than any Horace in my mind. I know I haven't had any Horus that tasted like this. Um, and frankly all three of these stouts and, and that's why I'm excited. So I'm doing Horus again. I know. Fucking shoot me in the head.
0: <laughs> you um, said you
1: weren't going to. No, I'm doing it. I'm doing the bear. They, they have like a special tier where you get less beer, but you get better beer. And I'm doing that. Oh. I'm like, fuck, that's perfect for me. Yeah. I don't want so much, but I want it to be better. Um, so it's like you get 12 ultimate barrel age things. I'm like, perfect. That's what I want. Um, so I'm doing that. And that's what I'm, ho- I'm hoping to get something like this. This is what I want is this type of beer, like this one. Um, or one of these mega vanilla stouts that we drank, right? The ruse or the, or the forager. That's what I want out of this. If I can get stuff like that, Kyle, you will make me very, very happy. Um, cause I don't need, I just don't need 10 different versions of like coconut and hazelnut hazelnut, uh, with less coconut, hazelnut, vanilla and coffee and some coconut. You know, that's too much. I just want barrel and like a, the occasional adjunct spritz. You know what I mean? Uh, this thing was so good it had it, it had that like that taste of almonds and coconut that you get together when you get like a like almost like a toasted nut taste you know what I'm talking about like I do. this yep. this toasty uh, it was so nice Tony so nice um, and again obviously you know 50 mili- 50 mils is a great amount I, I bet I could have drank a hundred mils of this yeah um, I but think, that would probably be about what I needed. You know, it is it is rich yeah. for sure. Yep. But and, super and when you're killer. having
0: so many of these at a fest, I think I think two ounces is as spot on. But just I, about right. I, yeah. I think for a lot of beers, for me, even the thickest of thick, give, give me a hundred mils. That's that's bang on where it bang needs on. To
1: be. We hit it. Yep. All right, Tony. Let's wrap it up. That was my favorites of the beer fest. There were you know, dozens more that I really enjoyed. I highly, you know, if you're a beer fan and I know I've, I've had friends uh, and and listeners that I've talked to about this, if you like beer uh, and uh, you want to go to a beer fest, uh, be discerning about the types of fests you go to. um, But this is one that I would highly consider. It is, um, I know it's a long way to travel for something stupid like this, but boy golly, if it isn't as good as it gets in the world and you get some of the coolest breweries that just, you never think of. So if you guys want to join me next year, we'll do a, we'll do a beer engine meetup. We'll all get our lappies out. We'll get our spreadsheet on, we'll get our little post-it tags and we'll make little notes and, uh, we'll be, we'll be fucking weirdos about it. it will be great. Or we'll just do what I did and, and get half drunk and eat a bunch of hot dogs. And that was fun. Um, all right, Tony, let's wrap this up. Why don't you tell people how they can hit us up on Untapped and look at all my check-ins?
0: Yeah, you can find Griff on Untapped at Griff AD and you'll see his check-ins that he had during the beer fest because apparently they got a, a sweet deal or they've they've done the um, hook-up with the API correct. Um, but if you want to follow me, I haven't been to any beer fest lately. I'm St. Moz on untapped. If you want to follow us as a collective on Instagram, you can do that at beer engine pod. If you want to send us an email so we can give you a link to the discord. Uh, or right. Ask us a question. We'd love a question. We are beer engine show at gmail.com. But going to a beer festival isn't cheap. If you want to throw a couple of dollars our way to cover the, That's right. the, the satellite costs that we had last week, in doing the remote um, cross for the untrapped hour that we had last week, you can give us a tip at ko-fi.com forward slash beer engine podcast. Ko-fi has a dash in the middle of it. It's ko-fi.com forward slash beer engine podcast.
1: Hey, if we get enough donations, Tony can come with me. Let's let's get that going That'd be awesome. Oh, How long is that flight? That's probably actually easier than coming to the States, right? Or is that worse?
0: Um, going to Europe? Australia Vamp for me. I'm, I'm just going to Google yeah. Australia. Yeah, you have to look it up.
1: Yeah. You can find I bet I bet there's Copenhagen's a pretty big airport. I don't know if there's a nonstop, but there's probably something in the ballpark. I, I know you can get to Asia pretty easily from there.
0: Um, doesn't tell me the times tells me the cost of the airfares, and they're not cheap.
1: God, yeah, yeah, I'm sure it's not cheap.
0: Um, But if I win Powerball this week, um, yeah, I'll meet you there. All right.
1: All right, let's do it. Let's get you on the Powerball.
0: 23. Uh, Oh, it's much. It's much. There's no direct flights. um, So flying times is much higher. I can do Vegas in um, including the transfer about 16 hours. Uh, Okay. From Melbourne. Um, From Melbourne, it's 23 hours and 15 minutes.
1: Okay. So almost 24 hours. It took us about 24 hours to get home, I'll say that. But that was because of my own um, desire to fly on One World Airlines because I had lounge access. Nobody's going to want to donate to me because I was fucking hanging out in the Helsinki, (laughs) (laughs) fancy Helsinki lounge, which did kick ass, by the way. But Um, you can donate to me. I don't have business. Donate to Tony. I don't have lounge access. Yeah. Boy, Helsinki airport, though. Holy shit. That was like a futuristic wonderland. But I I haven't been to any of those Asian airports that look crazy, but – uh, all right, cool, Tony. That was fun. It was great to be back in the saddle. Uh, we'll be back next week with some more fun. We'll see you guys later. Bye-bye. Adios,
0: motherfuckers.